Smith, Lay Me Down, February 13th, 2013, off his album, In the Lonely Hour. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful, I have to say, Sam Smith, Sam Smith-esque performance of Lay Me Down tonight. One of his better songs. Not a crazy Sam Smith fan, but definitely enjoy his work. I think he's very talented, got a beautiful voice, and an all-around inspiration to 21st century. No, I'm going too far here. He's a good guy, though. He's a very good guy. Nice guy. Anyway, welcome, everybody, to episode 33 of the KIS podcast. Today is July 23rd, Tuesday, 2019, from a very, 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 very rainy New York City. We didn't podcast yesterday. I mentioned it was going to be a little bit difficult for me on Sunday's podcast to get an uploaded one yesterday. I went out to the city yesterday to meet my family, so it was a late night, and I had to be up very early this morning, and that takes me into the first story of the day. The amount of rain that came down last night and this morning, I believe, was unprecedented. I had to drive out to Long Island today in what seemed like a torrential downpour for two and a half hours where the Belt Parkway was completely flooded in certain parts, and luckily my car survived the flood of 2019. We just had a heat wave of 2019, and I felt like today was a flood of 2019 because, my God, it was really, really bad. Parts of the BQE, so the BQE goes along the coast of Brooklyn and Queens and into Long Island, and usually if you're in the city or if you're in Brooklyn or Queens, that's what you would take to get to Long Island. Parts of it were completely submerged in water. And I was in the middle lane traveling the entire time. I really didn't have a choice because the left and right lanes were all flooded. But there are certain dips on the Belt Parkway where really the entire road was flooded through and you had to go down to a single single lane. And if I was in a car, I drive a Mazda CX-5. So my clearance, my ground clearance is not that bad. But if I was driving a car that was a lower ground clearance like a sedan, for example, the car had been completely flooded out. And really... You have no choice when you're in that scenario because everyone, you can't back up. I mean, there's loads of traffic behind you. So if you're in a small car, most people I would think that are in small cars ruin their cars going through the the, the water that was ava- that was there on the, on the Belt Parkway. And of course, the city's not going to do anything about it. It's just going to get flooded again next time we have a big rainstorm. But that was an interesting, <laughs> that was an interesting part of my day today, driving in torrential downpour and potentially flooding my car. Let's get into a sunflower update. Sunflower, 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 sunflower. I don't know the growth patterns of sunflowers here because it seems kind of bizarre. So we're looking at 33 and a half inches. So we've grown about a half an inch, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it 33 inches before? We've grown only a little bit, if I remember correctly, from the last time we've done an update. But with all the rain we've got, we've gotten, I'm thinking that we will be in a much better spot come a week from now. I mean, we're looking at if these things are supposed to be blooming 
in the beginning of September, then they must be growing at a rapid pace for the next month and a half. Because I think these sunflowers, the giant ones, grow to six feet, six to seven feet. So we really have to be accelerating pace here. We can't do a quarter of an inch a day is what it's been so far. So I'm hoping to give you guys a more in-depth sunflower update as we move forward. Something incredible happened in New York today. And really, it's incredible, but something that should have happened years ago. 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund bill clears the Senate. In New York City, this has obviously been a very big talking point. Uh, it's been spearheaded by Jon Stewart, a great example of when celebrity you know, is, used for, is used for good and can really help drive forward change. But the, the Compensation Fund, which is formally named or formally named, it's formally named the Never Forget the Hero. It's called the Never Forget the Heroes, James Zaroga, Ray Pfeiffer, and Luis Alvarez Permanent Authorization of the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund Act. Those three people are, are three heroes, tragic heroes of the NYPD and FDNY members of 9-11 cleanup effort. It passed the Senate today 97-2. to two. And those two people should be, A, ashamed of themselves. I think one of them is Rand Paul, who is just, just what a loser. But it finally passed the Senate after, after really, it's what it seemed like months of, of debate. And what this essentially does is fund health care for the victims and the first responders of 9-11. It's sad that this is even an accomplishment because this is something that you think would be a no-brainer. But it took long enough and it's, and it's finally done. It also passed the House before this overwhelmingly uh, 402 to 12. So it seems like everyone's almost in agreement. Almost everyone's in agreement with this. Trump's expected to sign it later, later this week. Later today, later this week, one of those two. So some good news in the news today after a sea of, of some bad news. But something that has to be mentioned nonetheless as a very important accomplishment. New York State just became the first state to ban cat declawing. Now, I don't own a cat. I actually don't like cats. I'm very allergic to cats. But I would also consider this a good story and a big win for another for the state of New York. So they're the first state officially to ban the act of cat declawing. It is banned in cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Denver, but never at a, a state level. It looks like Massachusetts is soon to follow. Here's how I feel about cat declawing from someone who doesn't like cats. If you don't want a cat with claws, then do not get a cat. It's very, very simple. Cats have claws. They're felines. They have claws. It's part of who they are. When you remove the cat's claws, you're also removing bone. That is mutilating the cat. You should not do that. Do not hurt your cat. Now, the band carries a $1,000 fine for those that violate it, which to me should be much higher. But it's not a complete ban, meaning there are medical exemptions, or rather they're called therapeutic exemptions, um, or when the health of the cat is in danger, which makes sense. The therapeutic exemption kind of sounds weird, um, but they mentioned that it is used to address the physical medical condition of the cat. So it sounds like it's still for a medical purpose, although the word therapeutic sounds like something different. I can see someone using a therapeutic uh, reasoning as, well, the cat, you know, the cat, uh, it's stressed out with the claw, so we have to get rid of it. Something silly like that. I would change the word therapeutic. But this is a major win, especially for animal rights activists. Now, there's, there's a group called the New York State Veterinary Medical Society, which really fought the band, 
and their and their rationale is kind of weird. So their argument against having this this band ban was that it would increase the amount of cats abandoned because I guess they're saying people with owners that don't like the claws would get rid of their cats if they can't get them declawed. But that's kind of a silly argument. It's kind of putting the cart before the horse. And it's also, it's just weird because it's, let's not do the right thing in fear that something else might happen. Although I don't know how much evidence there are there is to support a cat not getting declawed. How many owners would how many owners with cats would get rid of their cat if they found out they couldn't declaw the cat? Because new owners would have to know they can't declaw the cat before they got the cat. So this would only really affect people that have cats that wanted to get them declawed, that now can't get them declawed, that will then get rid of them. I don't know how big of a statistical sample size that is, but that seems like a silly argument to me. Cat should not be declawed. If you don't want a cat with claws, don't get a cat. You get a dog. Their claws are much less deadly. It's a very this is a very cut and dry issue to me. I don't even know why this is this is even a topic. Don't rip your cat's claws out. It's part of who they are. You don't rip dogs' paws out and their nails. So why rip me and cats out? Doesn't matter if it's domesticated. It's part of it. It's part of it. Mark Sanchez retires from the NFL. For those that don't care about sports, you won't care about the story. For those of you that care about sports or just humor in general, you know Mark Sanchez as the former New York Jet quarterback who's a big deal here in New York for two years when he played with the Jets because they went to two consecutive AFC East championship games. But more famously, Mark Sanchez is known for what I believe is the most humorous best play in football, the butt fumble, happened on Thanksgiving in 2014. Let me play the clip of the butt fumble, and then we'll take a break, a, a breakdown uh, play-by-play. Well, years ago, we talked to Tom Moore, then in Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. you got a busted play here, and then, oh, no. and then Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people, forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it. He didn't say in the play, but essentially what happens is Mark Mark Sanchez botches the ball. Please, if you've never seen the butt fumble, first off, A, what, why? Um, but B, what happens in the play? Mark Sanchez botches the play. It's supposed to be a handoff that goes AWOL. So he goes to hand the ball off, doesn't, runs back. The offensive lineman gets pushed into him. Mark Sanchez hits the offensive lineman's butt, falls back, like completely gets clobbered back, fumbles the ball, and there became born the butt fumble. Now, why Chris Collinsworth didn't say butt fumble anywhere or that he hit his butt anywhere is beyond me because that's the biggest part of the play. But it's gone down. I think it had the record for SportsCenter's not top 10 play for like over a year. And eventually, they just had to remove it because it got really played out. But people vote on that, and they always voted the butt fumble as the number one not top 10 sports center play. And it was hilarious. And unfortunately for Mark Sanchez, this kind of became the the defining moment of his career. Usually, you know, sports athletes like to have a positive moment, like David Tyree's catch in the 2007 Super Bowl. Or, you know, what's a big sports play? Derek Jeter's last... Um, game-winning hit in his last at-bat as a pro, right? Those are the kind of moments you'd hope to have as a sports star. 
Mark Sanchez is known for getting thrown into his offensive lineman's buttocks and fumbling the ball against the Patriots in 2014. But to me, could not be a more New York moment. Mark Sanchez is also famous for eating a hot dog during a football game and trying to do it discreetly, but not doing it at all discreetly because it's football and there's cameras everywhere. So two things. If you don't know who Mark Sanchez is, even if you don't care about sports, you you hate sports. You're not a New York. You're not even a New York fan. Doesn't buy. Mark Sanchez butt fumble number one. Mark says Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog number two. Those are the two stories that you need to be looking at today. Whenever you get free time, it won't take you more than two minutes. But good for Mark Sanchez. He's taking a high profile job at ESPN to be. It looks like an analyst, and those guys get paid pretty well. He's been a backup for years now, um, so he's not been playing as a starter since 2014. Um, so I think it's time for him to retire. He probably wants a better job where he doesn't get hit all the time and has to be a, you know, be a backup in a very physical sport. So he's working now at ESPN as an analyst, just like every other former quarterback. Um, but Mark Sanchez, RIP to your career. You brought us lots of love and lots of memories. You are perhaps the funniest guy in the NFL, and we will miss you, Mark Sanchez. Thank you. In other ESPN news, so Dan Lebitard, I don't watch a lot of sports talk radio, meaning different shows. I listen to the same kind of two or three shows. Dan Lebitard's on ESPN. I'm really not a fan of his show. But Dan Lebitard right now is in real hot water for essentially breaking ESPN's policy against talking about politics on the air. And Dan Lebitard went off uh, last week for the comments that were made at a Donald Trump rally by the attendees of Send Her Back. Now, I'm not going to get into the politics of it here, but I want to talk about, he called out ESPN specifically and said that they don't like us talking about politics. And when you call out your boss like that, obviously you're going to be in some hot water. And it kind of brought to the question, you know, do I want politics in my sports talk radio? And the Michael K show, which I watch and I really enjoy, they do try and keep out of politics as much as they can. At least Michael Kay and Don LaGreca do, who are the two main hosts. Peter Rosenberg is their third host. Now, Peter Rosenberg does disclose his political beliefs um, quite often. And they do work for ESPN, so I'm not really sure how that works. Because Dan Lebitard also works for ESPN. It just seems like Dan Lebitard mentioned this stuff kind of really by name. And I believe he called Donald Trump... I don't know if he called him a racist or... He used some pretty derogatory word. I don't know derogatory, but he really focused on the on the specific issue. And it got me thinking, do I think politics belongs in sports talk radio? And I kind of see both sides here. I would look at sports talk radio as a way to detach myself from all the craziness going on in the world. And I would look at sports talk radio as a platform that mainly brings entertainment. So the, the subject matter is usually not very heavy. But then I look at it from the other side and say, you know, it really, A, maybe it's up to the discretion of the shows. And also sometimes you can't separate politics from sports like we saw in the NFL with the Kaepernick situation and kneeling from National Anthem. That was a very big topic that crossed bounds between sports and sports talk radio. Sports and politics, rather. So sometimes you're not able to... to the line is very blurred between the two. You can't separate the two. Players of sports have political opinions. And when they show us political opinions, those get talked about on, on Sports Talk Radio. 
So you can't detach yourself completely. But I did think it was interesting that it kind of brings up the issue now of is it worth, or not is it worth, but does it make sense to bring up politics on Sports Talk Radio? And it looks like from reading about Dan Levitard, now I don't watch Dan Levitard at all. I don't really know much about him. But he has, according to this article, made hints before, but kind of treaded a very fine line. But this one was very, you know, overtly criticizing the policy, overtly criticizing, you know, Donald Trump. So it obviously made news. But, you know, I guess if your boss puts a mandate in, you have to follow it. Um, but it, it, is an, it, it is an interesting conversation that needs to be brought up, crossing the bounds between sports talk radio, which is generally for entertainment purposes, uh, usually funny, versus, you know, heavy political discussions that you know are going to be divisive and that you know are going to cause controversy. So we'll see where it goes. I'll keep you guys updated on the article. Lebatard did not perform today, or yesterday rather, on Monday. He was back, I think, working today. So it looks like he's back, um, but you know, you never know what ESPN is going to do. They had a lot of controversy with Jamel Hill, who was very, you know, politically open on her personal Twitter feed and also on her show, and she is now now no longer working for ESPN. So they've had this issue before come up, and we'll see how they handle it with Dan Levitard. This week we are going to the Hamptons, as I mentioned. We are also coming to a close on the podcast, the Daily Podcast. We have about another week or so, I believe, um, before we go back to our. You know, I think I want to do this a couple times a week. Every day is a little bit tough. It's tough to you know really flesh out articles. I have different segments that I want to do, but it's very difficult to build new stuff out, drops and things. So we definitely won't be doing it daily forever. We'll do it for the thirty days that we promised. Even though we did miss two days, but you know what? Life happens. That's sort of what goes on. But we will be back at the end of July with, you know, I think two or three days a week is probably good for me. It'll give me some time to make maybe some longer podcasts with more material. Um, but for now, we're doing dailies another week. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the home stretch. It's been very fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, but my mouth is also very dry. Probably should have drank some water before. Today's been a long day. I didn't eat very much. I didn't drink very much, uh, although it rained a lot. So there was a lot of water around me, but I didn't drink any of it. On that note, guys, I'm rambling on. We're going to end it here. Lots of love. Lots of respect. Lots of respect.